Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Meryl Streep role! That's right, don't worry everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. All right, we're rolling. Yeah, we're starting. Oh, okay. This is it. Oh, this is it. This I is going. bad. I... <laughs> Carla, are we letting you Gosh, down already? Gosh, wow. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> Lackluster like, hey, intro. What a, what a beginning. Well, Craigslist, you guys have like an intro. Like you, yeah. It's way better well, a, organized. We have a song that's already played. Yeah, that's there's true. already been a song. Yeah. It's a great song, too. Thanks. Thanks. It really is. Carla Kakowski is here. Yes. Hi, guys. The, the insanely talented, yes. insanely funny. Stop saying that I'm insane. No, the insane <laughs> Carla Kakowski. Stop gaslighting her already. We yeah. started. What? No, you're not crazy. <laughs> I promise. Is that opposite gaslighting? Yeah. Oxygen opposite, lighting? Yeah. I'm, oh. Yeah, what's the opposite of You're gaslighting? You're so sane. Oh, You're thanks. Right. Wait a second. That's sarcasm. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Thanks, white men. Uh, you came to it. First of all, you've been long overdue to be on the show. I love yes. this show. I'm so excited. It makes me so angry in the most fun way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and now you get to give that gift of anger to I other can't people. Yeah, wait. There's going to be some people yelling at their uh, car stereos. Can't wait. Yeah. And I love when, when we have a guest come in and they bring a topic with them. Yeah. Which you have. <laughs> we asked you last weekend. We were all in San Francisco. Yeah. We're now recording this a week later. Uh, we finally, we're like, all right, what topic? And you said, Best Meryl Streep role. <laughs> yeah. Not Best Meryl Streep movie. Not no. Best Meryl Streep. Best Meryl Streep role. Yes. So I had Kate McManus do research. And thanks. Had, thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. We, we each have a. Five page document with all of her television. And <laughs> There's a role. lot of, and that's, that's the thing. She has such a, a dense, a dense uh, filmography and televisionography. Is that yeah? A, the television your, stuff isn't too much. I, I've got one. Too. I've got one on the television list. Oh, you do? I okay. Do. Um, I know which one it is. But yeah, Holocaust. Yeah, it's got to be. That's the one um, you love. I, I really appreciate you doing this, by the way, because Thank you. I had not. I have not. Um, as an actor, I had not seen enough Meryl Streep work. Yeah. Um. It's just. I tend to, you know, I tend to err on the side of watching uh, dumb comedies, and <laughs> she doesn't do a lot of those. She does a lot of very uh, intense and involved, and it, at least in her her biggest and best roles, mm-hmm. um, she's, you know, these are these are heavy. A lot of these are really heavy uh, pieces, but. Uh, so even just this week, I've been watching a lot of Meryl Streep and last night, uh, I watched three movies in a row and I was like, my God, how am I calling myself an actor and a student of theater <laughs> and a student of acting when I haven't delved into the greatest living English? I don't know what's going on in other languages because yeah. I don't understand their movies. So I don't watch a lot of them, but the greatest English language actor alive, I think is Meryl Streep. I would agree. Um, why? Why is she so good? Um, what is it about? What is it about her? I mean, I agree. I'm not challenging. I'm just curious because you picked this. First, I want to apologize for how sincere I'm going to sound. 
<laughs> don't at all. That's the best. Because yeah. I know this is a comedy podcast, and I want to. <laughs> we'll do some through. dick arounds yeah. in okay, it. It's promise. fine. Um. Uh. But I think she's just, and I don't know her personally. Sure. I mean, Yet. the invitation's always open, Meryl. But I think uh, she's probably a really empathetic person. I think that she has a lot of empathy for all types whether they're quote unquote villains that you know people you would normally consider the bad guys or or whatever i think she's just able to tap into something where she can relate she find and i've read this too in her interviews that she always looks for the thing that she relates to about the person mm-hmm. and so yeah i think she's just an incredibly empathetic person i think she's probably also highly intelligent mm, yeah. <laughs> again i don't know her personally but from her interviews um she always uh seems to have a sense of humor and an intelligence that that seems to ground her. I think that's got to be key too, is that yeah. sense of humor about it. You can't be, you know, if you're going, you're not going, you can't do the work that she does and just be super serious and heavy all yeah. the time. Like, no, she's going to have fun. She's going to go on a set. She's going to do what she needs to do. She's going to talk to people. She's going to uh, empathize with them. She's going to hear. She's, I feel like she is as good a listener to stories as she is a teller of stories. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. There's one other thing too, I think that makes her really stand out. And this is something that I learned from an editor on one of her films on It's Complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which is great. I, I think They're it's all, great too. Yeah. No, really, that's not true. They're not all great. They're not all great. That but, one's, I love that movie. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great rom-com. Um, Steve Martin, come on. This is the aw shucks guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so fun. Uh, but he said that there uh, that she never did anything the same way from take to take. So she gave the editors and the directors several different choices, um, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, but that the, the, the performance was consistent in terms of motivation and who she was as the person, but that she would just do different line readings each time. Wow. That's, which is super hard to do yeah. because if you're thinking like, okay, I've, if your motivation is the same every time and if your objective is the same every time, it's so easy for the line reading to be the same. Every totally. Time. I right. would think so. Yeah. Um, you get sort of locked into that idea. You know that saying like when you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So you mm-hmm. always take the same approach to it. I think it's, it's easy as a performer to get locked into that mm-hmm. and go, oh, well, I've got, because you feel like you feel like you've almost solved the like I've solved a part of the puzzle. I found an edge, right? So right. I can start locking in pieces off mm-hmm. of that. So to be able to find different colors and different interpretations while still staying in the same on the same map is mm-hmm. is incredible. And, yeah. And I would add that I I love how uh, she grounds everything that she's in. In, and that's that is good. Even in even in her comedic stuff, and even in her wackiest stuff, mm-hmm. there's something grounded that every every character she does feels fully formed in somebody and like somebody you would meet. Yeah, right. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's also a, there's also never a uh, and I guess I I think just as an actor, like things that I'm guilty of that I see her and I'm like, again, this is thank you for this gift of me <laughs> watching this and going like, oh, I get it. Um, that's how you yeah, act. That's how you act. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. But like, there's no, let me show you this in any of her performances. Yeah. It's just, she has, she has such a, this high level of trust mm-hmm. in herself. Yes. In her audience. And yeah. it's just, look, I, I am feeling this. I trust that you will see it. Mm-hmm. I am going through this. I am doing this. This is my action. This is what's happening. I trust that you trust me. I trust you. 
we all know how humans work. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is, boy, that's a, that is a lesson right there. Yeah. From, you know, a bunch of comedy dorks who are like, yeah, uh, look at this thing. No, no, you, you, no. but did you see me do that part? Did you see, did you see, did you see, did you see? Mom, mom, did you see, did you see? Yeah. Who better to yeah. dissect performances than three podcasters? <laughs> right. Uh, three actors, but three actors as well. So I met this woman and bec- had become friends with this woman at an old job who knew Meryl Streep in her twenties in New York. Oh wow! And this woman was an actress in New York and on Broadway, and she was good friends with John Cazale and Meryl Streep and John Cazale sure. were together. Love of her life. Yeah, until her husband of forty years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. But she she said that Meryl it, she, Meryl Streep always knew that she was going to be famous. <laughs> she could just tell. She was like, "Yeah, I'm the best at this." I th- and, and I was like, "Oh, that makes her sound awful." And she's like, "No." She was like, "If I saw her on the street compared to all the other people from that time, I feel like Meryl would come up to me and hug me and say hi." She was just supremely confident. Yeah. And like aware, which I thought was so interesting. That's great. Like, yeah. yeah, she's not not a jerk about it. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, these are stories from yeah. you know stories. Th- Tell us, tell Friends us the most. Removed. I know you, you, you are a huge, huge Meryl Streep fan. Yeah. Uh, what is the, I'm trying to think of what a, what a fun way to ask this would be. What is the most ridiculous Meryl Streep story that you have heard? Oh gosh. The most ridiculous. Oh no. How about this? What is the, uh, what is the least believable Meryl Streep story? Like the most outlandish that you've heard? Um, the, oh my gosh. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's good. I really don't know that I've heard anything outlandish necessarily, though. I will say that um, my fr- uh, a guy. Oh, I don't know if I would say this. I'm going to say it. A guy that I work with used to date her daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. And that uh, he he says that she's just acts like a mom all the time. Oh, oh man, that, that makes her so yeah. much cooler. Than <laughs> I know. Mamie Gummer we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like, Who I don't know. She's a very good actor. Yeah, she is. Like yeah. There's something. Have you guys done, she did some dead pilot stuff or whatever, I think recently. Mamie Gummer did? did? Yeah. I, well, I was not there. I did not work with her. No, um, no. But yeah, I don't know. That wasn't really my story to tell, but he, he just loved her and thought that she was so cool just because she acted like a mom the whole time. Look, this, is, this whole around. thing is just going to be a love fest yeah. toward yeah. Meryl Streep. So we have, like I said, five pages. The TV mm-hmm. page. So we got to get through this. We can pretty much tear <laughs> and throw away. No. We did speak beforehand. I, we can talk about the television. Yeah. I know you want to talk about Angels in America. I know you do too. I know of, you course. Do. <laughs> of course I, I know do. you do. Uh, and that wasn't TV. It's HBO. Uh, I, come on. Yeah. All right. I retire. Uh, what we did. Mm-hmm. And you can talk, and then when we're done, you can talk about Angels in America, Mark. You can get it out. It's like walking a dog. <laughs> like, we have to do it, or else he's going to pee all over the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we've each picked our top five yeah. Meryl Streep roles. Mm-hmm. We have not told the others. So we'll get into, let's talk about Angels in America. Let's talk about what, what sort of criteria we've settled on. Great. And then maybe we'll go around. Uh, one at a time and say one of them. Well, one of mine is Angels in America, so we'll so save why don't you, that for Oh, well, we then let's around. talk about... But uh, let's talk about the criteria first. Sure. Um, we Also, I just want to say very quickly that with the exception of the television stuff mm. on her film list, I've only not seen five of these movies. That is amazing <laughs> because there are a bajillion of them. There are so, five pages of it. Yeah. I've only not seen five. And uh, you have seen She-Devil. I have seen several I times. Knew it. I, knew <laughs> it. I knew that wasn't one of them. <laughs> I'll quickly say what they were. Is that okay? Yeah. Do we have time? No, no. Uh, oh, the ones you haven't seen? Yeah, the ones I haven't yes. seen, just so yes. people know. 
just because I know you guys care. You're with your list. <laughs> Dark Matter, not seen that. Evening, uh, Lions for Lambs, mm-hmm. uh, Suffragette, mm-hmm. and The Homesman. Those are the fives I've not seen. Those are the okay. only five. Wow. So if you are going to uh, mail DVDs to <laughs> Carla, <laughs> those, are the those are the five to mail her. I don't I don't really need to see them. <laughs> Do you, you have no interest? You don't have interest in seeing. I mean, them? I keep meaning to go back just to like fulfill the. Are you? you are know. you? A com- you're not a completist. That would be driving me insane. Oh yeah. It's. Oh, I only realized it this week when you sent me this list because I was like, oh gosh, I should go watch the ones I haven't seen. But then I saw them and I was like, we're not going to talk about those movies. <laughs> and here yeah, we are. Fair enough. And, <laughs> and now we're talking about three them. of them are from 2007. Like clearly, I was busy in 2007. Right. <laughs> clearly, so was she. Yeah. <laughs> she just had a. Were these like small roles where she just went in for a day on somebody's student film or something? <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, is one of my <laughs> 2007. Fav- which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> that is that was a student film period. That, but I've seen that a lot. Like, uh, not student films, but like super low budget movies that if you look at some of the biggest stars, you look at their IMDb page, there are movies scattered throughout that you Favors. have never heard of that are total like, yeah. yeah, I'll go in and do a day on this. Yeah. Thanks, George Clooney. And you're like, what? What is this? I remember Annie Savage had uh, Nathan Fillion yes. in her freshman year student film at uh, L.A. City College. Yeah. Um, it was a good film, too. It was a great film. It was a lot she of fun. Was it was very funny. Um, so before we we, we um, are, are dive into this, we did sit down and we, we came up with a list of a few of the criteria that we think uh, make a great, not just a great Meryl Streep role, a great film role. Mm-hmm. Um one of them is the arc of the character, like what what you see. And this is, I mean, we're not doing anything that, you know, dramaturgs and theater and film critics haven't done for thousands of years, but right. um, is the arc of the character. Yeah. So, so to, just to give an example of, of, a, of a film where she does a great job that is a really great movie, I would say that in Defending Your Life, she doesn't really have a huge arc. No. Um, as great as that movie is. It's as, fantastic. And she's great in and it. And she's great in it, but it's not one of her best roles. Yeah. That was totally one of my five. Oh, no, it wasn't. We'll talk about we'll it, look though. At it. It's totally circled. We'll talk oh. about it. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. Um, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so so the, the character arc <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> Um, the difficulty of the prep for it, like what, what she would have to either physically go through or mentally go through, uh, to create this, an example being, uh, in Sophie's choice, she speaks three languages in that movie. Um, the, uh, the seamlessness within a film, like how that role, uh, plays into the film itself and the way that it, uh, the, the way that that role either supports the film or carries it. And, um, the opposite of that being that the, that character can live outside of the film, that it's become either iconic it's or culturally relevant culturally or something. Relevant, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, the one that comes to mind for that is of, uh, is of course, uh, Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Me. Um, so do you want to start? Which maybe I'll, maybe I'll, now that I'm thinking about well, do it, you want to start? Cause I didn't have Devil Wears Prada well, circled. But... I would bet somebody has it on their list. Does somebody yeah. have it on their list? I do. Okay. I do too. <laughs> I hope, we, I hope we have the same exact ones, Hal. That'd be I so funny. You guys had the same list. Um, uh, tell, let's start there then. Let's start, start there. At that, Devil Wears Prada? Let's make Devil so, Wears So Prada we've each first. circled five of our favorite, yes. uh, our favorite Meryl Streep performances. Yes. And because this, there were just so many, we weren't going to go through the entire list of all of them. Just to give you an, a, a sort of an awards rundown and then, and then, uh, 
Carla will have you talk a little bit more about the part and what, what makes it fill these criteria. She won the Golden Globe for that one, musical or comedy, and nominated for, uh, I think, best, you know, best actress, uh, mm-hmm. did not win that year for the role of Miranda Priestly. Actually, before we do this, can I ask a, a, just one quick thing from you, Carla? Mm-hmm. We're just going to come to you with a million things. Today. Great. Before we go into, launch into this, what I is feel one, so special, you guys. <laughs> you are. You are. What is one performance by Meryl Streep? That nobody has seen, mm. uh, that you think people should see. Cause there are a ton of movies on here that I have never heard of. Okay. So we should start there. Um, well, unless this is one of your five, it is one of my five. Although I think maybe people saw that. Let's, let's say, um, gosh, I really love postcards from the edge. It's not on my top five. Mm-hmm. I think people had seen it, but maybe. Younger people have not seen it. Right. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it. Did you watch it? Uh, I did. Did you like it? I loved it. She's the straight man to, um, basically for those who don't know, Postcards from the Edge was written by Carrie Fisher. It's autobiographical. Yeah. And it's about Carrie Fisher and her mother, um, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. And Shirley MacLaine plays the mother. Yeah. And she's going through rehab. And it's, it's just this great, uh, great story about, um, showbiz family yeah Yeah. but it feels very real it's very grounded and And that's i think meryl streep entirely her doing because there's some wacky lunacy in that movie totally Um, but yeah she's uh she's really wonderful and i think i i've read from a few different people who've said that that's the closest to who she is as a person really in real life which i think is interesting a cokehead (laughs) exactly a cokehead uh like sarcastic and you Mm. know fun probably yeah. and uh, there's a great monologue toward the beginning of that movie where she wakes up in rehab not yes. knowing what's going on and is talking to cch pounder and it's it's just meryl streep at her funny best i love this scene with with her and gene hackman after she comes back and she's right. doing a looping session and yeah. she says that she can't feel her life oh, uh yeah. it's so moving um there's and so many great and such a very real like she's not doing an accent, so I would I would recommend that one. I think that is one of my five. Is it? It is oh. one of my five. <laughs> so sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I. That's what I. I think. I think we're just. I think it's just organically coming up. As, yeah. yeah. All right. As I didn't mean to. It. I didn't mean to cut no, off of that's, the. Uh, that's okay. I, I think was thinking. I was thinking if there was like something you're like, guys, there's this movie that nobody's ever heard of where she did this teeny little thing, but. Mm, um, I think everybody. I, yeah. But I, it is, that is one that. People but that is. Sleep but on. postcards from yeah. the edge is really a sleeper. Yeah. It is. It wasn't like a gigantic hit. Mm-mm. The book was probably more popular than the than the film that it was that that Carrie Fisher adapted it into, but it's it's a solid all around cast. But I think her work in it it's so and she gets to sing. It's not yeah. the, the thing that <laughs> would make it not the winner, but still one of my top five is that it's not super showy. Right, you don't remember you remember it as an overall piece mm-hmm. of which her her performance is the most integral part, but it's not. It's, it doesn't have the, the, the flashiness of some of the other roles that, that even that I've picked, but I just, it's a top five for me. That's of great. All of her work and just like a great, it was a great, real grounded portrait mm-hmm. of addiction and recovery and what that actually looks like and the, the complicated relationships we have with our parents. Mm-hmm. Just, that's so great. I, I really love it. I'm so glad it's your top five. That's yeah. great. Um, follow up really quickly. Falling in love with Robert De Niro. Mm. I don't think anybody's seen that. No. And it's great. Okay. Uh, it was like 83 or 84 and they're married to two other people and they, they meet on a train, I think, and they fall in love. <laughs> and I it's mean, just a very sweet, simple story where they're just playing 
people who are probably just a shade or two different from who they are. Robert De Niro is incre- incredibly understated in it, and it's just a sweet movie. So I, I would say that. check that one out. Oh, and that's two. Um, that's two. Uh, so I heard I heard this years ago about those two actors. Mm-hmm. Um, that I had an acting teacher, or I don't even remember. I, I remember hearing it in college. I don't know if it was uh, from actually from one of the teachers or from someone had heard it third or fourth or whatever hand. I don't know. But it was uh, describing um, there's two different kinds. I mean, there's a million different kinds of acting. But in this instance, there's two different kinds of acting. There is um, there's the hedgehog and the chameleon. <laughs> and, um, and Meryl Streep is the chameleon. And she blends into whatever she's doing. She disappears into the role. You barely recognize that she's a different person every time. And then there's the hedgehog and that's what De Niro does. And he's always playing himself. He's always doing what he does, but he's great at it, but it's just little variations and he's just burying in and burrowing down in there and getting down in the dirt with who he is. Yeah. So it's it's cool to think about the two of them. Yeah. So like him and meet the parents versus him in midnight run are completely different characters versus Mm -hmm. him and the Godfather. Yeah. But they're all De Niro. Yeah. Even when he's doing a young Marlon Brando, he's still De Niro. (laughs) Yeah. He He can't be, He's he's always going to be bigger than everything. Even when he's the gay pirate in um, what was it? Cla- not Cloud Atlas, uh, the Golden Compass. What was yeah. the movie? Hook. I don't know. What are you talking? <laughs> it was it was a great fun like yeah. over the top like flashy role that he did. But he's still you're like that's De Niro. Yeah, just playing a gay pirate. <laughs> I have to say that I'm so delighted for this topic, not just because I know about it, but because I get to hear Mark talk about acting. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? It's a fun topic to talk about. Gags on acting. Right? Because I went to theater school for a a little bit. Mm. Uh, I know you went to DePaul. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't really hang out with actory actors anymore. Right. Because it can get exhausting. No, no, no. But this is, like, a nice reminder of, like, the fun. Yeah. There's fun in it. I'm so glad to have you here. (laughs) Um,. So that's so a, we're that's all a, so, so delighted right now. It's just, it's just a delightful <laughs> day. We're all smiles. Um, Do you want to talk about Angels in America before we talk about Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, I want to talk about Angels in America because, and I don't want to talk about all three roles. Okay. She played three roles in Angels she in did. America, but this yeah. was not Best Meryl Streep. Did we say performance role? Role. That there you go. Role. Um, but I would say it was uh, her role as the rabbi because when mm. I saw that. That's that, that's that chameleon. You had no idea it was her. I had no idea it was yeah. her. Mm. And when I saw the movie, I remember seeing this performance by this rabbi, um, who kind of looks like, um, the little dude that guides, uh, Atreyu through, um, you remember this character in, uh, Neverending Story? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that guides him through where mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, lasers are going to shoot down. Just that, <laughs> that, that sort of like the, the like, uh, every, everything's very like curly and pointy and like <laughs> looks like looks like a lemony snicket character yes, yeah yes um <laughs> and she and i was like who's this actor that's playing this rabbi i rem- i just vividly remember watching it and going who is that i know this is like an all-star cast for this thing and this rabbi is one of the you know it's in the in the play it's you know it's a very poignant moment and this is a very good actor i gotta look up who this is and i looked it up and i was like you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's Meryl Streep. <laughs> God! So that was on my top five just for that moment alone. Yeah, sure. it's pretty great. So do we agree that that despite that, it's probably not a finalist? It's probably not a finalist. It's a tiny, I'm glad tiny we talked role. about it, though, yeah. because it is 
again, yeah, it's like a magic trick. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, she's yeah. she's when she disappears into roles are my favorite performances of hers. So we we talked a little bit about Miranda Priestly. I talked a little bit about the awards. Uh, I think this one is a finalist. Devil yeah, Wears Prada. I think it has to be. Kind of hits every single base that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what her prep was for that. I'm sure. I'm sure she does a lot of preparation for everything, but. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the iconic. She's had so many iconic roles. The 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 sweater monologue, the fact that she can have the monologue about the sweater, and then also have a moment where she does an entire monologue just looking Anne Hathaway up and down, mm-hmm. and then turning around and walking away. And I'm like, that is, she just did a whole monologue and she didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I read, again, mm. this is just all pure. Oh, I love this. Whatever. Blogs. Um, <laughs> blog info. Uh, she lost a lot of weight for it, um, because she wanted to feel like she could fit into that world. Mm. Um, and she, of course, looked at Anna Wintour, Anna Wintour the yeah, yeah. editor of Vogue, um, and decided on the hair. Um, and then she, in terms of her voice, she, she said that she never wanted to raise her voice, that powerful men never yell, that they can just say what they need to say you know, very quietly. And then she referenced Clint Eastwood <laughs> and she said that when she worked with Clint Eastwood, he never yelled on set, but everybody listened to him all the time. Ooh. And I think that's so fascinating. And I use it in my improv classes when I'm teaching all the time, when I'm teaching point of view and different ways to play emotion. Mm-hmm. I always reference that. Like you don't have to yell to be angry in a scene. Yeah. Uh, if you slow down and take your time, you might even be angrier sound come off which is angrier. so hard yeah. for an improviser to yes. hear because your your whole thought is i want to be heard i want to be heard how do you get heard get louder yeah yeah you know yeah exactly i have to play it big i have mm-hmm. to play to the back of the room <laughs> and then anne hathaway said that she she like before they started shooting she invited her over for lunch she cooked anne hathaway lunch was totally wonderful and then as soon as they started shooting she was in character in between takes does she do that for all of her i don't think so or- but apparently for Julie and Julia, she did. And then apparently for this one. Um, but I've, I, I haven't heard that for everything. Mm-hmm. But then I read something that where she said she felt like she couldn't become friends with everybody on the Devil Wears Prada set because it would throw off the status and how, how right. important status is to the story. Yeah. Right. So she, she was like jealous watching everybody else like Emily Blunt, right? Yeah. And, like joke around and stuff. And she felt like she couldn't partake. But that, <laughs> and then that drives her, that gives fuel to her performance. Yeah. Well. Sure. And there's a great, like, even for the internal arc for her to start as sort of all powerful. And then, and then you're kind of waiting a certain part of the, of the audience, I imagine, is waiting, like, I just want the hammer to drop on her. She's being so terrible. But then you see her, her vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's, it's like so the, fleeting. It's like the armor is removed for just a second and then it's back mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And that's such a, it's such a great moment. And there's a, ton in the cab. There's a ton that the happens car. there, yeah. Or the the scene the, earlier where she's in her in the hotel room, yeah, oh, right. and she doesn't have any makeup on and she's crying because she just found out her husband or she's been crying because her husband's going to leave her, yeah. And she, it's the one moment where Anne Hathaway's character sees her without the fancy clothing or the makeup, mm-hmm. and it's so moving. Mm-hmm. And she just talks about like how it's so much harder for women to have power positions. Oh, I love it. So it's such a, I would say that that's equal performance and movie. I really, I read the book. The book is, I don't want to say it's garbage. Congratulations on finishing a book. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's much oh, it's <laughs> it's much more mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, she purposely does things to ruin Anne Hathaway's character's reputation. And in the movie, she just kind of like smirks and likes when she sees her, you know, yeah. like good for you. Uh, which I think also was Meryl Streep's input into the script. So I think it's a fantastic movie and a fantastic role. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's got to be a finalist. And you and I yeah. both have it. You do not have it. I do not have it. Honestly, there are a couple of them that I did not pick because I knew someone else would. Really? That's uh, okay. Yeah. So I knew we would have. But I, I loved that role. I loved that performance. So that is one of our finalists. I'm going to circle it. For sure. For sure. All right. Um, Carla, give us another one. Um, Well, let's go with Sophie's Choice. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have that one on mine. I do this not. was the first one that I had seen... When I was a kid, a that teenager. Was, your introduction to Meryl Streep? Uh, that's not true. I saw Death Becomes Her and I probably okay. saw She Devil. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Because I was born in, in 80 and like that makes sense for my trajectory <laughs> right. as a moviegoer. Yeah. But when I was in high school, I was like trying to get into female actresses and I was like, oh, this one. Everybody talks about this one. And I remember I picked it up at Blockbuster and this was what made me fall in love with Meryl Streep was yeah. this performance. Now, Watching it, I haven't watched it in a couple years, but I did see it a couple years ago, and it's way too sad for me to <laughs> keep watching <laughs> the, the movie. Like I can't watch it ever again. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is a sad movie. When I was in high school, I watched it probably five or six times and just thought it was the greatest thing. But as I get older and realize that, you know, my morality is a or my mortality is sure. <laughs> and my morality yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that, you know, death is real and sad, <laughs> which is something you just don't, I mean, some kids understand. Fortunately, I did not totally understand that as a kid. As you right. should. Right. You hope. Uh, but it's just way too sad to watch now. So I really applaud you, Mark, for <laughs> watching it last I night. I mean, <laughs> it is, it's an intense movie. I'll say this. It's, it is a, and I, I might get uh, punched in the face for this. I think it's a better performance than movie. Yeah. Um, I, think, I will not punch you in the face. I think that uh, <laughs> it, it's basically, I, and I thought about this because you, everybody now knows what Sophie's Choice is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine when that movie came out, people saw, you know, people saw this. It's a love triangle. It's uh, yeah. it's Peter McNichol and Kevin Klein and uh, Meryl Streep. It's not really even a love triangle. Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein are together, and Peter, Peter McNichol is kind of worming his way in. Right. Um, and in a sometimes kind of super creepy way. Yeah, it probably doesn't hold up. That yeah, part that, of it. that part of it does not hold up well. It's like like she tells these horrific stories, and then he kind of is like, oh, there, there, girl. And you're like, put your hand down, Peter McNichol. <laughs> um, or, or Stingo, not Peter McNichol. He's a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, but it's, uh, it, th- her performance yeah. in this movie is she's playing a, um, for those who don't know the movie, who only know the Sophie's Choice thing, uh, the, the, the Sophie's Choice, like, trope is the last five minutes of the movie. Right. Um, when she's been telling, she is living in Brooklyn in 1947 and, uh, is involved with, in this house with these two other men. Um, her performance, she spends most of the movie avoiding the topic and, telling a few lies about what happened just to, and, and, you know, misdirects about it to not, um, to not really delve into her story. And those were the scenes that blew me away. It's not the Mm -hmm. scenes 
there, and there are a lot of flashback scenes in it to, mm-hmm. uh, Auschwitz. And those scenes are heartbreaking and brutal. And it's her at her, at this like vulnerable young woman, like just getting beaten down by the worst thing that's happened in human history. Um, but it's her performance, I think. And tell me if you agree with this, mm-hmm. having, having, um, seen it many times. It's her performance in 1947 in Brooklyn. Yeah. Having all of that information and burying it. Yeah. And having to walk around and you can tell in her character, like she has this enormous burden Mm -hmm. that she's been walking around with. And every time she's with Kevin Klein, he's the only thing that makes her feel alive again. Yeah. And it's so moving. You're so right. Like the different levels to that performance. Yeah. It's like she has to have somewhere to give her love. Yeah. She's got this love. She has no one else to give it to. And so she gives it to Kevin Klein. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's such a subtle performance and. And showy though. It's, it's also. Oh, it is, oh, that that <laughs> movie is a yeah. melodrama. It's a melodrama. Yeah, yeah for sure. But God, she is good in it. And she won the Academy Award for it. I yes. think rightfully so. And she was what, 29 when she did it? Something like that. Yeah, and the yeah. Golden Globe. She and won, the Golden Globe. She was Globe. a clean sweep for her. Um, the street sweep. And yeah, learned three languages, lost a bunch of weight. I mean, it was kind of before, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like this is the beginning of the, uh, change the shape of your body actors and you'll win Academy I'd, Awards. I'd say that also De Niro a couple of years ago. Yes. With Raging Raging Ball, totally. Gotten great shape. I think, yeah. So this is like the era where that starts. So now it feels kind of like, of course she got it. But mm-hmm. I think at the time it was really astonishing for the film community, you know, right. it wasn't like the machinist. Exactly. And that's yeah, totally right. what I was just thinking. Of course, the machinist. <laughs> it's totally. The it's example. so weird to think about, uh, uh, Christian Bale in the machinist and then now in Ugh. vice, which he's going to, which I he's nominated he, for. I hope right he doesn't now. have a heart attack. I'm v- that guy is serious. doing damage to his he body. He has yeah. said in interviews. He can't do it anymore. He so really he shouldn't. Uh, but I do want him to win more awards so I can see him get up and go, all right. And it, didn't know I have an issue war here. I want to thank everybody. I want to fight Satan. Yeah, fight Satan in it. He said in it like a bunch of times. He really did turn into like, yeah. He's like, all right, I got this award. Now I'm going to go sweep chimneys for Mary Poppins. Like, 100%. That's what was coming out. It's so true. Yeah, that's going to be on his, that's going to be on his tombstone. Just, uh, Christian Bale, his birth and death dates, and then INNIT. Yeah. Which is so funny because that clip from the Golden Globes, it was the Golden Globes recently, right? Yes. Is, like when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa! This isn't the guy who freaked out on the cinematographer on the set of the the Terminator." Did yeah. you ever see that? Oh my god! I've I heard that. I haven't. I didn't know. It's insane. Yeah. Like yeah. And then to see that that clip of him, I'm like, "Whoa! He's talk about an interesting person." Yeah. 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 Best uh, Christian Barrel role. Right. Oh, uh, Batman. Batman. I agree. Batman. It's Batman. Batman. Yeah. It's Batman. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's um. Jack from uh, Newsies, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, love so the are Newsies. we done? Are we done? I love Newsies. I feel like we hit all the Sophie's Choice stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it is a it is a mega melodrama. I do but... think it should be a finalist. I do mm. think it's culturally relevant. Okay, I yeah. think that Sophie's Choice is a phrase that has been used many times, and people know exactly what that means. Mm. Yep. So. I'm not saying it has to, we have to decide for it to be a finalist right now, but I do think. I think it's, I think it's got to be fair. Yeah. 
Uh, I I have one on my list that I see that you have as well and that you do not. Okay. Which is Kramer versus Kramer, yeah. which is her breakthrough. I actually, but I have, I have a star. I don't have a circle around Kramer. Oh, I'm sorry. Kramer. I have it starred, so it's one of mine. Yours is what yours is one. My stars discuss. mean uh, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. This was her. Uh, this was her first Oscar. Mm-hmm. And uh, and her first Golden that was the first Streep sweep. She had been nominated for both for Deer Hunter, but one a clean Streep. Yeah, she had a clean Streep uh, in '79. It's a really, really nuanced performance, and she carried. You know, look, Dustin Hoffman also is. They're all everybody's acting their butt off in this movie. Yeah, yeah. but I just think it's um, it's there's something subtle about it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That I that I know takes it. I feel like I, this is what I did with Postcards in the Running too. I just think it's a fantastic performance. Yeah, it's not super showy. I mean, her like losing her mind and like crying and like that's that's in there, but it doesn't. You think of both of them when you think of the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I will say that it's. I would have put that on my list, um, but she has a smaller part in it. In the actual, I think she's in something like yeah. maybe eighteen minutes right. of it, and or there's something three like that. real like really tentpole scenes. Yeah, in yeah. that, it's really more about Dustin Hoffman yeah. learning navigating life as a single parent. Yeah, but I think it's really a fantastic film, and they're all wonderful in it. It's something I can still watch now and mm-hmm. like totally mm-hmm. be into. I think that it. I remember watching it in high school. Yeah, when they were trying to like because I went to an all girls Catholic high school. And they were like talking about divorce and how, you know, divorce can play out. And they showed Kramer versus Kramer. This was like 97 or 98. Jeez. So it's like 20 years after yeah. it came out or yeah. whatever. But me- point being, it's like very culturally relevant, I think. Yes, yeah, it totally made divorce super popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was tapping into a thing like that was very relevant in terms of like you had your, um, you know, post-war families mm-hmm. setting up like their houses with the picket fences, and then the next generation is like, "I don't want to be married." Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it breaks. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it breaks. And Meryl Streep monologue uh, at the end in the courtroom, she wrote that herself. Did she really? Wow. Um, and it's a totally fantastic the, feminist, yeah, yeah, feminist point of view monologue about like how she was just losing herself in her marriage and mm. she had to go away in order to be sane again, which is, I think so real and relevant still today. So I do not blame you for putting that yeah. <laughs> in your top five. And there's so many moments. I think that one, that one is a movie of moments. Yeah. Um, like just her, uh, toward the beginning going, um, to the elevator and leaving her bag behind and yeah. don't make me go back in there. Don't yes. make me go back in there or I'll never leave. Don't make me go back in. There. Like that moment is just so heartbreaking. And yeah. yeah, she's, she's great in it. And even like the moments with a smile on her face in the restaurant later on yeah. when, when they meet up and she tells him that, you know, she wants custody. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like here she is with a smile on her face and oh, I had this whole speech prepared. Like every moment yeah. is so human. Yeah. That. And that what you were talking about earlier about her like um empathy. Mm-hmm. That character is just where it feels like her Venn diagram with that character, she just shoved them into one circle and yeah. was like I'm going to feel everything that this woman feels. In that scene when Dustin Hoffman hits the, the glass. glass he she didn't know he was going to do that <sighs> and she was furious with him and like they never really got along making that movie according to books that i've read <laughs> oh my god really sense. yeah he is that kind of like super method person yes like i'm gonna create 
Uh, yeah, also is, kind of a nightmare I hear. It's but. Kind of, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a, like a double-edged sword. There's something too spontaneity, but there's also a part of that that – That's glass, dude. If you're tr- well, that's dangerous. That, but also it's also – if I'm trying to draw a moment out of you, yeah. then I'm not trusting you – Exactly. To do, that you're mm-hmm. doing your work and it's I, it's almost a more controlling way to do it if that's the motivation. And I agree. Maybe just in the moment I'm going to use anything around me and I, I'm not going to warn you because – you know, That's why would anybody like I'm going to force you to deal with this moment? Yeah. Do you think it's and the premeditation is what determines whether it's I'm going to draw something out of you or yes. Okay. Do you and think I, he premeditated it? Did it say in the thing? I don't know that I he, think he I think he oh gosh, I could be remembering this wrong, but I do think he told the director or the cameraman or something, make sure you get the glass and the shot. So he See, that's manipulative. Yeah, like in the moment you yeah. just and then if you do that in the moment and then immediately after the take, you run the hell over to Meryl Streep and you go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you, you didn't okay? get any glass yeah. on you. That It's just I felt it in the moment. I'm so <sighs> sorry. Have you ever seen the footage of Lily Tomlin? Yes. On, um, oh, my God. Which David O. Russell movie? Yes. The, uh, the – lo- the, so, I forget yeah. the name of it. <laughs> uh, it's David O. Russell. Like they hated working with one another. Like he's apparently – like he – he gets his best performance out of you by provoking you. Yes. Until you're just, yeah. you're completely out of your, out of your head. But she is like losing her mind, uh, with him. It's, um, uh, I can't remember the name. I'm going to look movie. it up right now. Keep Please talking. Look keep it talking. Up. Uh, but there, that's there not I Heart Huckabees, is it? Yes. It is I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> where she, I think she and, it's and Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman are in the front seat together. She's losing her mind. And he's like, just roll. We'll use it. We'll use it. Just we'll roll. Come on. Come on. Come on. Because that's his school yeah. of thought is whatever you're feeling, just put it on camera. And she's like, I'm sincerely in distress. Yeah. I don't want to do this. This is stopping me from working. And then there's another take of her. Like she knocks something over and then David O. Russell charges in and like destroys the set. It's – uh, it's real heavy. And my I haven't part, seen it, but I'm on Team Lily Tomlin. Oh, for sure, the best all part the of time. All of it is in the car seat is watching uh, Mark Wahlberg and Jason Schwartzman in the back seat, just <laughs> yes. like shrinking. Real, maybe oh my are god, are we part of the seat yet? We're not here, are we? It is so great. It was yeah. I remember watching it so many times, like ten years ago. I think I'll revisit that. Yeah. I mean, it's upsetting because. Lily Tomlin is so clearly upset. Yeah. She, yeah. you can tell she feels unsafe. Exactly. And that's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like at the end of the day, it's a movie. Right. It's television. It guys like don't make a person feel unsafe. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I, we're not, I it's, love it's these, not brain surgery. I honestly love these sincere conversations we're having about acting right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really that's do. right. That's, Me too. That's a, uh, it's a great topic to bring in. Yeah. It, that's, and uh, that's what, that's what bringing Meryl, yeah, talking about Meryl Street brings up. Let's, let's take a quick break, uh, for station identification and for you to hear about some other Max Fun podcasts. And then we'll come back and we'll keep going with our, uh, there'll be more street stories, I'm sure, more clean streets ahead. Uh, and more of our, her iconic roles, and we'll pick the best one. And that's what's coming up after this. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes watch war movies and then review them. <laughs> Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast for people who don't necessarily like war movies, although it does not exclude people who love war movies. I'll have you know that I am wearing a cape. My cape is just made of sound-deadening material from an audio recording studio. <laughs> It's a really great show. John's daughter doesn't like it because we sometimes say swear words on it, but almost everybody else that has ever listened to it has enjoyed the the program. Download and subscribe to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. 
To the victor go the spoiler alerts. Hey, it's Janet Varney of the JV Club podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into what I like to call our adult lessons. For example, hear Emily Heller describe her time on the national circuit for the debate team, or how Travis McElroy took over his drama class and gave his fellow students notes. Yeah, that went over great. Or let Busy Phillips tell you how she met Sharon Stone at an Arizona toy fair. You can join me and all my once awkward, sometimes still awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. And we're back. Yes. Almost as if no time has passed at all. That's right. That's right. Um, Hold on. I'm grabbing my coffee. Which, by the way, my coffee mug has uh, a picture of Carla's husband on it. Greg Kukowski. It's not creepy at all. No, not at all. That he's at all. on my coffee mug and staring at you. Bucatino business. Bucatino. Uh, is it my turn to, th- to throw one out there? Yeah. We just did Kramer versus Kramer. And Sophie's Kramer. choice. Oh, no, that was me. I put that Oh, you put Kramer versus I Kramer. So, yeah, Mark, so you. I'll throw Silkwood on there. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. I've got will. Silkwood on my list as well. Silkwood, 1983, uh, nominated for Best Actress for an Oscar um, and nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, I think she would have won Best Actress for this had she not just won for Sophie's Choice. Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty fantastic role. It's not a great film, I don't think. It's, uh, it's, it's a okay slow film. film. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mike okay. Nichols directed it. Mm-hmm. Nora Ephron's first screenwriting credit. Oh, was it really? A, as a co-writer. Um, yeah. A great scene with Cher. Like, Cher's great in this. Cher's great. Yeah. Um, this is more of an ensemble piece, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, there's a lot of great actors in it. Kurt Russell's in it. David Strathairn, who played her husband later him. on yeah. in uh, River Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about about her in this role that I that I just absolutely loved. You mentioned her status before mm-hmm. uh, as Miranda uh, Priestley. Miranda Priestley. Mm-hmm. Her status as Karen Silkwood in this it is so subtly and precision uh like just she nails it mm-hmm. she is um which is what do you think which is i think it is that she is she is equal with kurt russell mm-hmm. and with Cher in those scenes that they are together she is deferential to the union bosses uh, on the national level mm-hmm. she is collegial with her friends when uh when they are all in the the power plant working together um until she takes a step up in status and tries to assert herself for the benefit of her fellow union members at which point she is knocked down in status by them for trying to ruin her job like it is a roller coaster of status that she rides so beautifully in this movie do you have this one on your list or no i don't and i uh, this is a sad admission on my part. I always mix it up with um, with Ironweed. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Ironweed. Very similar. They, that, yeah, it's her a, and Jack Nicholson yeah, and drugs Iron, that fall in love. Yeah, right? Ironweed is about the two homeless people, yeah. Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep, who 
Um, she very much has a supporting role in Ironweed. Right. It's more of Jack Nicholson's movie. Um, that's Craig's favorite Meryl Streep role, I believe. Is he, Ironweed? Yeah, when I was leaving this morning, he was like, okay, Ironweed, or whatever. <laughs> um, Amazing. Uh, and I was like, not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is like a, it's kind of an underappreciated role, I would think, mm-hmm. I would say. I've never even, I'd never even heard of it until reading this list and going yeah. through this deep dive. It's yeah. really, it's very sad. It's, you know, them trying to survive on the streets, basically. Basically. Um, but Silkwood is about, uh, Karen Sil- Silkwood. It's a true story about, um, a woman who worked at a nuclear facility and discovered that they weren't trying to keep their workers safe, that they didn't give a mm-hmm. if plutonium was leaking out into the whatever, onto the floors. So, uh, this I think is culturally relevant because it's the Silkwood shower, which is like a, yeah. a reference that everybody become like a comedy reference. It has that I've like heard a lot. 30 rock used it as a, as a joke. Yeah. It's like very, actually a very upsetting scene yeah. where she's been, they have to three very upsetting. Scenes. Yes. No, you're totally right. I'm, I, I guess I'm thinking of the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she gets scrubbed down, uh, with these really awful brushes and, because she and they they're holding her eyes open and just yes, spraying yes. water straight into her eyes. It's really insane. Because you have to get all the radiation off of you. Yeah. Right? yeah. So she did this three. She started filming this three weeks after she finished Sophie's Choice. Wow. She went from Sophie's Choice set three weeks later to Silkwood set, Man. which is crazy to me. Like yeah. they couldn't be two more different characters. You know what? You know what she needed in the middle there? She needed to do like a Zucker Brothers movie. Yeah. In the middle, yeah. right. just like go do an airplane or a top secret in the yeah. middle, just yeah. to break it up a little, right. Meryl. Well, the thing I love about Silkwood is that she's a fighter in this movie. Like mm. she's not a victim. I do feel like in Sophie's Choice, she's more of a victim right. of her circumstances. She doesn't even after all of the awful things that have happened to her ever really try to survive. You know, like she's a very tragic figure, and Silkwood does end up dying at the end which is spoiler but 1983 you guys come on yeah also Uh, a historical figure right also a historical figure but she's um really trying to rise above the circumstances that she's been given in life and uh is a fighter and i really like this movie for that reason yeah she's she's fantastic in it and the supporting performances in that are great and um uh yeah everyone in this movie is awesome and she is just she leads the pack beautifully i think um this one's a, definitely a contender for me. I would put it as a finalist. I, even though I haven't seen it, it sounds like it meets all of its criteria. Mm. Yeah. It's a movie I have to see. It's just a blind spot for me. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's talk, uh, digress just a little bit and talk about Meryl Streep playing historical figures. Okay. Um, and real people, because that's one thing that she has done throughout her career beautifully. I bet you one of us has a role on their list that involves her playing a historical figure. Do you? I do. Which one? The Post. Ah, there ah. we go. Not a fan of the movie, actually. Didn't love yeah. the movie. Thought her performance was fantastic in it. The oh, moment right. where she is on the phone and she tells them to roll, uh, run the presses uh-huh. <laughs> uh, is one of my favorite Meryl Streep acting moments I've ever seen. In the theater, people started applauding as soon as she said, uh, uh, and I'm totally bastardizing this, but she has this great hesitant thing where she's like, uh, 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 run the presses, run the presses. And like everybody in the theater just started applauding and it was so magical. Yeah. I cannot forget that moment. And it was <laughs> oh. only last year. So I had to put it down as one of my favorite roles. Wow. Yeah. I love it. What about you? I have, uh, Julia Child on yeah. my list. Yeah. It's a really, it's a very showy role. 
It is the half of the, 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 uh, Julie half of Julie and Julia. I don't care for personally. I think it was, uh, I get what they were trying to do. I get what the overall story is, mm-hmm. but I was, I would have been more interested as a, as a, as a film goer in just the story of Julia Child, because I think it's a fantastic story mm-hmm. that doesn't need anything else to, to prop it up, even though that's not. Yeah. that's actually based on somebody's blog. It is, yeah, so, on a book that from the mm, blog. Yeah. yeah, so you're not. It's not like I'd like you to rewrite history right. uh, of what you did and just make it about Julia Child. But I think she's she disappears into a very showy, like really, in a very public role. Like yeah. people yeah. didn't know what Karen Silkwood, what she looked like and sounded like and acted like. Yeah. Julia Child was on television every day, you, so you, you have know. To admit it. And she's yeah. also one of the like she's a big. The, probably the most well-known Julia Child is Dan Aykroyd cutting his hand open on right, SNL. Right, right, right. Like right, that right, is right. what you – and even that's that's a great caricature of her. But she was a larger-than-life mm-hmm. kind of person. And her, and her historical characters are never caricatures, which is nice. Exactly. She manages to – Except maybe the Iron Lady. Her. She makes her <laughs> into a person. Well, the Iron Lady, the issue is the teeth. The Iron Lady is garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, congratulations for finishing a movie. Oh my god, that phrase! I'm totally stealing that. I love it. Congratulations for finishing a movie. It's not a great movie. It's not like totally accurate either historically. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wonderful in it, even sure. with the teeth. Yeah. She's still she's still Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. I'm so glad she got the Oscar because it had been. 20 years or something insane. Mm. Like she's the most nominated person. So I, I, I feel like she's crazy that she's only won. How many? Two, three, three. Yeah. I believe it's three. And the iron lady is one of them, which just seems bonkers, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm glad she got it. Whatever. Anyways, uh, it's not a great <laughs> <So> movie. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. It's, it's the, I, you know, I had a similar pro well, I had a lot of problems with Bohemian Rhapsody. I have a lot of up and down problems. Me with too. That movie. Yeah, and I, I I like never uh, let never let the subject of the movie produce the biopic. Yeah, yeah. that's a bad call. Yeah, I, I really like um, Rami Malek. I think he's me too. A, I've yeah, been, I've it. been a fan of his. This is gonna sound stupid. I've been a fan of his since Larry Crown. Oh he wow, he plays the stupid because Larry Crown. Look, it's not a great movie. I enjoy it, <laughs> but it's like an episode of a sitcom. It is. I really You're enjoy so right. it. It's really fun, and he's like the dumb. That's right. I class. forgot and about he's that. Great. And then all of a sudden, he's Mr. Robot. He's doing all this stuff, but the teeth they put on him, yeah, were so large yeah. that, like, Freddie Mercury had large teeth, and I know that they were like how his mouth dealt with it. You you want something so that your mouth has to deal with those teeth in a way that, that Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. had to deal with his. But they were just, they seemed too big. Cartoonish, And yeah. I was watching the teeth the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at those chiclets. I was like, <laughs> staring at them. Uh, I'll say this. My favorite Remy Malik. the moment that I went, who is this guy? And went and looked him up and then just followed everything he did. Was he did a one, uh, one episode of 24 where mm. he played a kid that had strapped a bomb to his chest and uh Jack Bauer, in order to get this kid to relinquish the bomb, brought his mother to uh, oh, wow. try and convince him. And it was... And look at him now. I know, Nominated right? for an yeah. Academy Award. And a Golden Globe winner. Yeah. yeah. In, a, in a problematic movie. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm sure Brian Singer had a lot of fun shooting some of those scenes. Are there are there any other real people here that you want to touch on? Um I just, I just wanted to generally talk about her performances as, uh, because she's, she's so good at like really diving into, uh, a sound and she yeah. taps into, 
She's almost like an impressionist, but like linguist linguistically. Yeah. No, that's yeah, not how you say exactly. that. Exactly. Ling- yeah. Oh, I have another historical figure she played that I have as my top one of my top five, and that's Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh, I never saw that movie. It's, I saw it. I, I. It's a great. I was in tears at the end of that movie because because of what it represented. The yeah. that idea of like I love I love this art so much. I'm going to create it, and and the passion behind that, and and. Uh, it's such a good performance, and it, it is, is. ridiculous. Uh, it has those those uh, sort of bigger moments of her, uh, how ridiculously bad she is as a singer, and then yeah. uh, you also see like the real person behind that, and to what extent she she is being forced or forcing herself to like live her own lie, right? And and that she's sick. Like it's just there's so much going on in that movie. It's a sweet movie. It really yeah. is. And it's not it's not the biggest movie she's ever done. Yeah. She was nominated for it. Um I don't believe she won. I have it. Here. I love her and Hugh Grant's relationship in that yes. movie is so grounding to yeah. the whole like goofiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like the movie that he was in where I was like, oh yeah, I always forget that Hugh Grant can actually act. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really solid actor. Yeah. Yeah, he is. It's just a lot of, uh, it's just a really well told story. Yeah. And her performance in it is great. And I, I, I think it's one of her best. And it's short too, which I'm always a big fan of like, you know, 90 minute movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, look, they get it all done. Yeah. Out. When you, when you download a movie and it's like a hundred, 150 minutes. Yeah. Yep. So many of those on my podcast. <laughs> How many Meryl Streep, uh, films have been on? Zero, I believe. What? Oh, uh, we did a we did a Carla's favorite yeah. of defending your life. List. Yeah, oh yeah, Carla's list. <laughs> Thank you for. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was called. Thank you, Hal. <laughs> hey, wait uh, a minute. Defending your life. Yeah. Say that's one of my circled ones. Oh, that's right. You do have it circled. I love defending your life. It's. I realize it's probably not her greatest role. Right. But it's just. It's almost as as if Albert Brooks said, "I need somebody who's perfect and effervescent." Yeah. I know. Let's hire Meryl Streep. Yep. And then just went, hey, Meryl, just go effervesce. So here's the backstory is okay. that she had just moved back to L.A. She or moved to L.A. She had always lived in New York. But I think after these very serious roles, she was looking for a little more levity because this mm-hmm. is the whole period of like she devil and <laughs> defending and your life and death, death becomes her, her, which is also really fun. It is. So she moved to L.A. Uh, and met Albert Brooks I, at a party. It might be, might have been a Carrie Fisher party. I could, I could be making that up, mm. but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And he met her in person. He was like, holy crap, she's so normal and lovely. <laughs> and he was like, not expecting her to be so like warm because, you know, her roles are kind of, I don't know. They're so sometimes so cold. Mm-hmm. You sort of expect Gloria Swanson. Yes. Hello, darling. Yes. Yes. In the room, everybody look at me. Right. And so he was like, oh, I, I'm, yeah, I totally want her in this movie, and they just got along great, and then she did it. Oh, that movie! If you haven't seen Defending Your Life, it's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. It is, it's great. it is perfect. Certainly a top ten for me. Yeah, of all time, it's fantastic. Um, not- yeah, the whole the whole point of the movie is juxtaposed. It's two people in the afterlife, and Albert Brooks and his meh existence, yeah, um, being held up in comparison to. This absolutely perfect woman yep. who is played by Meryl Streep. And it's so fun and so funny. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I do have one more historical person that's Ooh. on my top five. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is Cry in the Dark. Did anybody here see Cry in the Dark? I, I did not baby. see. I watched yes. clips from Cry in the Dark. Honestly, yeah. 
All I can think about with Cry in the Dark is Elaine saying, maybe a dingo ate your baby. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So culturally relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, coin the phrase, dingo ate my baby. Um, but it's also a real, and she's wonderful in it. I mean, her accent is flawless mm-hmm. and incredible. Um, and it's, I, I would recommend everybody to watch this movie because it's such a great example of like the media influencing public opinion because these people, who didn't kill their baby were put on trial for killing their child. Yeah. Um, and because like the way that her eyebrows were shaped and Meryl Streep totally d- has this in the movie, like people were like, Oh, she must've done it. Cause she looks evil. So it's actually the film is all about how media can taint public perception. And it feels incredibly relevant, oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, on top of which, she has a, a one, a, an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend watching that one. You guys, right. I will watch yeah. a cry in the dark. Um, what else do we have on our list? That was I, so serious that I'm, nobody had anything. To <laughs> well, say. I know, honestly, no, you're I mean, the only one who has seen it here. No, I so know, I, I was know, like, I yeah, I I put a star next to it because I made <laughs> I made sure I wanted to talk about it, we, and I did watch clips from it. Yeah, um, uh, I I you know I I watched a bunch of movies and then because uh, there are uh, five hundred of them on here, so I can. Watch all <laughs> uh, of them, you mentioned it's complicated, which is a good one. That we it's we complicated is a great, and that's like. That, that's it's such a, a great, nice palate cleanser. It's a yeah. nice palate cleanser. It's a rom com. It's but a lot of times in romantic comedies, it's just people mugging at the camera. Yeah, and this is Meryl Streep like living a thing yeah. and hilarious things happening to her. It's it's the perfect example of that um uh that Second City approach of mm-hmm. you know comedy is. Things happening to people and people reacting to them in a, in human ways. Yeah. And an acting teacher once say, um, uh, an, a laugh is, uh, Paul Sills actually, who founded Second City, uh, said, uh, a laugh is a gift that an audience gives you when they recognize something human in what you just did. Mm-hmm. And that is everything Meryl Streep does in that movie. And certainly when she's getting high with Steve Martin yeah. behind the bushes. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I love, I love this movie. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's one that when I'm like, just not feeling great, I can put on and I'm like, this is, this is going to yeah. make me feel better. Yep. I like it a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, me too. I, I only have two more to even talk about. We talked a little bit about death becomes her. Uh, that's I have cool. one that neither of you have, but. Come at me, bro. I'm putting Into the Woods on the list. Into the Woods. Because I love Into the Woods yeah. so much. And she's, like, she's perfect in it. She's perfect in Into the yep. Woods. I mean, it just She's makes, basically playing two roles. It's like almost so obvious that it's, it's like, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a musical. It's a sung through musical and it's not easy music. Yeah. It's Sondheim. I mean, she has an incredible voice. Yeah. She does. really does. So there's the difficulty of the prep. There's the arc. She's seamless in the film. I think uh, that that character uh, can stand on its own outside. I think that's the winner. That's <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's a mess. That's a mess. Uh, let's try. I, I've, I have another one based on uh, a work from the stage, which is August Osage County, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where she is like she's not chewing scenery; she's swallowing it whole. Yeah, she is. I and feel like that when she's streeping. She's yeah, yeah, she's full streep. Full streep. She's great. She's great. Yeah. yeah. But but like we've seen her be so great so many times. If anybody else had done that, they would have gotten all the awards and been yeah, like, right. this is the best actress. But we're like, okay, Meryl, yes, you're still great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you can do. It feels relentless at yeah. this point, right? Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> she's streeping at you so hard in that movie. Just waving a cigarette around and banging on a yeah, dining room table. It's ridiculous. It's not one of my favorites. Yeah. 
But it's uh, fun. It, but it's fun. It's just her gob. You're right. She's just gobbling up scenery whole. Yeah. Uh, my other one is maybe the ultimate. Yay, you made a movie. Congratulations on this list, which is Ricky and the Flash, which I saw in the theater. I don't know Ricky and the Flash. Oh, it's – what did you think? I uh, – Wait, that's on one of your best roles? No. Oh, okay. I just think it's a – I think she does a very good job in a movie. Congratulations, you made a movie. <laughs> on the scale of Oscar winner to congratulations, you made a movie, yeah. it is hard – is very firmly in the congratulations. Yeah, totally. Look, always happy for people to get work. Always, um, always. And that's her and, and her Ricky daughter. the Flash, that's the one yeah, about the band, in. right? Yes. That's she's a rock she's, star. And... She was a rock star, wannabe rock star. And she, Who left her family. She abandoned her family. Yeah. Who played her, her ex-husband? Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. They've worked together a lot. Yep. Uh, Theater of War. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Yep. Um, it's, uh, behind the process of Meryl Streep and, uh, Kevin Klein creating, um, creating Mother, Mother Courage yep. for, uh, Shakespeare in the Park, which also featured, um, it's interesting. I thought that she has the silent scream, the Brecht mm-hmm. Mother Courage silent scream in that play that was invented, like, it, I guess came to prominence in that play. Um, a mother screaming, uh, at the tragedy of a child and then used it. Yeah. And you know, it was used by right, Brett right, right, right. in the forties or whatever. And she is. And then she did it in choice. choice. Yeah. And then she did it on stage in Mother Courage. Not to She's be di- really a one trick pony, you guys. Not to be dismissive yeah. of that, because that's all very interesting. But Ricky and the Flash is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But she's still like she's. I mean, she's singing. She's playing guitar with yeah. with Huey Lewis or yeah. whatever. Huey yeah, Lewis is in this movie. Who's, who's, Hang on, you guys. I got to go rent this. You know, like nobody in the everybody in the cast. Like, oh yeah, they all did a good job. Yeah. It's just, Why is it so bad then? Sometimes, it sometimes you work. get a lot of ingredients together and you put them in the pot. And you're hoping that soup or a good stew comes out, and it just it tastes like just a bunch work. of ingredients <laughs> in a pot. Sometimes and also, like you already just ate. Yeah. Like, yeah. do yeah. we? Uh, do we need this? I think this was the last movie that um the guy from the director of Silence of the Lambs did before Jonathan he passed Demi? away. Demi? I think it's the last movie he did before he passed wow. away, which is a real well bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, hopefully this is one of the ones where you look. Not everything you do, not everything that that Meryl Streep has done is great. Right? She's she has an extremely high batting average because she elevates she elevates everything and everyone. She's a, she's a great scene partner. Yeah. And great in stuff. She's also been very smart about the things that she's done. Totally. But ultimately, and this is the kind of the tough thing with, uh, like, art is subjective. Subjectively, it seems really bad. Yeah. But if they, if the three of us got to do a movie and mm-hmm. we had a really great time on it. You guys, yeah. let's do a movie. And we liked what we were doing. And then it went out and people didn't like it. That would suck. But we'll still have the experience of making it together. Totally. A hundred percent. And I think she really did enjoy making that because her daughter's in it. Yeah. yeah. And she, she got to do she a she rock and roll movie for a few weeks. pal Kevin's in there uh, with her. Kevin's in it. A hundred percent. No, I agree. I'm sorry that I got so negative for a second. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, you know what? Everybody go watch Ricky and the Flash. I just, uh. <laughs> no, don't, please. But yeah. the 3D version. <laughs> so basically the winner is Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is the winner. That's what we're saying. We're doing. Or so go- tied with Into the Woods. Uh, another movie I wanted to quickly talk about yeah. is Bridges of Madison County. Sure. Uh, which is one of my top five performances. With Clint. With Clint. Uh, what puts it in part. your top five? Um, her performance, uh, 
I remember when I saw this movie, I was like, this is going to be gross. I do not want to see Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood making out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like 16 or something. Sure. Um, and I watched it and I was so moved. And I just thought that she did such an incredible job, even though she's playing an, uh, an Italian. She's like from Italy, moved to Iowa or whatever. Mm. Um, she really captures the essence of a Midwesterner in this film in a way that felt really familiar to me. And it has the, I think the most heartbreaking scene in a Meryl Streep movie for me, beyond the Sophie's Choice thing, is her at the that end. Is, uh, I was going to say, come on, more heartbreaking than... But that feels like repetitive. At, I don't know. Again, relentless at this point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But the scene in the car at the end when she's with her husband and Clint Eastwood pulls up behind her and he's like looking at her like, come with me. And she has her hand on the doorknob like she's about to go. And then... She takes her hand away. Every time I see it, I just can't stop sobbing. It is the saddest. She is so... That's one thing that she just does so well is just a move. Like, she can tap her finger. And it's like, oh, I get it. And you know exactly. And that's that that trust. That's the... That's the, like... I trust an audience and I trust my acting enough to just... I'm just going to do this. And I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And that's all I do. And then Carla balls. And it's a quiet performance. Like a lot of the time, a lot of times when she does an accent or whatever, again, it feels very much like chewing the scenery or Mm -hmm. very like showy. And this to me is like, Oh no, this is like your friend's mom who lives down the street. You know, (laughs) that's Uh, what Silkwood felt like to me because growing up in the South, that's a lot of the people that you meet are Karen Silkwood. Right. That's just the vibe of her. I like the showy ones though. I like the. I do too. I mean, they're super fun. Yeah, I, there's something like gobble up scenery. Like that's why I love um, uh, what's her name on um, on uh, American Horror Story every season. Lady Gaga, no, <laughs> no she- Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Right. Jessica Lang. It's like she goes in every year and she's like, "What cartoon am I playing this year?" <laughs> and you're like, "Great, just gobble up scenery, Jessica Lang. I'm here for it." Yeah, like, yeah, I like scenery chewing. So we've talked about a lot of these. We've clocked a couple that, that are finalists. We haven't really, the, we didn't really stick to the finalist thing. I no. wonder if, if. I mean, adaptation is also amazing. Adaptation yeah. also great, but I feel like we remember Nicolas Cage playing. I think you're right. The Kaufman brothers. Yeah. Like, I think you're totally right. Yeah. But it's, I do want to like give props because it it's a great, yeah. And she had like a weird late nineties run where she, you know, like I liked One True Thing, but who else saw One True Thing? <laughs> you were the you were the one sitting in the theater, yes, totally. just you with a, a bag of popcorn and music like, of the heart. Where is everybody? Yeah. Totally saw music of the heart on opening night. Anybody else? No. Okay, no. fine. <laughs> she did crush it in uh, in um, with Lily Tomlin in uh, Prairie Home Companion, right? Which was really later. Did anybody later. Yeah. crush it in Prairie Home Companion? Yeah, yeah I like that. Congratulations, Garrison Keillor. <laughs> You made a movie, and congratulations on your radio show, too. <laughs> oh. oh, Garrison. What? Uh, yeah. Do they they should rename that movie Live From Here. But so she came back with Adaptation, I guess, mm-hmm. and the hours were the same year. Mm-hmm. But Adaptation was, she was like, oh, yeah, remember you guys? I can do comedy. Like, it yeah. had been like a 10-year dry spell of yeah. any humor from Meryl Streep. Yeah. So I do think that that's like... Was a, Doubt like, before or after that? After. <laughs> so after that, she was like, and we're right back to... But Doubt was the same year as Mama Mia, so it feels like okay. she was really making an effort. <laughs> Which is so funny because... Her in, she's such, she, this is the chameleon, like, the character that she played in Doubt could have easily been her character in Mamma Mia's grandmother. Like, right. But right. the characters, I mean, the actor, she's not wearing, like, yeah. crazy age makeup in either direction in either movie, but 
Just the way she carries herself. Have they only made two of them, or have they made a Mama Thria yet? Because if they haven't, <laughs> Mama Thria, I don't call it that. Really I mean, the young. second one is, uh, is, is Here I Go Again. Is that, right? is that the Isn't young that the one? Name, the name of it? Who plays young Meryl Streep in um, uh, Yeah, uh, she played... Oh, oh gosh. Lily Taylor. Yes. Uh, no, not Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor, Lily Taylor played Lily, young Meryl Streep. She's the British... Lily James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. She was Gotten wonderful. Abby. I loved Mamma Mia too. I loved it. I'm serious. It's a great movie. It It was on a couple top ten lists last year, you guys. I'm not kidding. All right, I'll watch it. Cher comes on screen at the end, and it's like... As the grandma. And then they they do that scene from Silkwood where they're just on the back porch (laughs) crying on each other. Meryl Streep's only in one scene in Mamma Mia 2. Yeah, she's just there to like... what what was it like when she was younger and then you get to see? Well, no, because she's dead. What? <laughs> Wait, what? They killed her? Laid out? Yeah, there's their, they show her corpse. She's like Kevin Costner, the big chill. <laughs> you just see like her hairline. Oh. That's the plot of the movie is that Meryl Streep's character has died oh, and her no. daughter is trying to run the hotel by oh, herself. Um, oh. It's great, though. It's so fun. Look, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, don't don't sit down expecting, you know, Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> right. No, that's true. I When I watched the first Mamma Mia, I was like, I know people will really enjoy this. I know I'm not the audience for right. it. That's right. That's not why we're, we're I liked like, it. congratulations, you made a jukebox musical right. into a yeah. movie. It was like, oh, this isn't for me. I mean, it's absurd, but, it. but it's really fun. But it's fun, yeah. and, and it's, it's global, fast. and it's fast, and it's Love easy, those 90-minute flicks. Yeah. Sure. Love them. <laughs> um, but guys, we've got to we've, yeah. we've got to break this down. We've got to find a winner. We have a real... Uh, I think we know the winner. uh, I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I think I know the winner, too. But what are the finalists? So far right now, I have uh, The Devil Wears Prada, Sophie's Choice, uh, Silkwood. What else did we say? That was it. Yeah. I don't think any others were tagged as finalists. Yeah, I think think those – for me, those would be reasonable finalists. Yeah. I'm fine with Kramer versus Kramer mm-hmm. instead of Silkwood, though. If you guys have a strong opinion, no, no, okay. Either way, I don't think so. Don't clearly, think it's not going better. to be. No, it's Sophie's Choice or The Devil Wears Prada. And how do so? How do you want to do it? Do you want to count to three? Yeah, I think we know it. Yeah, ready? One, two, three. The Devil Sophie's Wears choice. Prada. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miranda Priestley is pretty amazing. Of course, yeah, of course it is. Sophie's Choice is like there's going to be some tweets. I think maybe maybe from me. From future Carla. No, Carla's going to be like, <laughs> this is so garbage. Congratulations on making a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I I want it to be Sophie's Choice just because I think that performance is so remarkable. It but is maybe remarkable. it's just because it's so fresh in my mind. But um, I think, like, culturally, though, Miranda Priestly is like, I don't, I feel like uh, every generation can appreciate that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it will hold up in a way that Sophie's Choice feels aged to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, oh, you mentioned before, before we do the before, people of the world, you mentioned we, that you want, you have. Oh, I know. As if this hasn't been long enough. No, I just wanted is, oh, to tell we're, you. We're at like an hour, right? Sure. Two hours. Sure, I'm so say. sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, and thank you. And I've also said I'm sorry 12 times. Um, <laughs> one more. This you is get so Carla. Podcast. This is going to be. <laughs> Could it be more? Congratulations on saying you're sorry. Uh, uh, so I just want to say that yes, Devil Wears Prada is the best role. My favorite movie with Meryl Streep is Defending Your Life. Okay. I can watch it over and over again and never get sick of it. The best movie I think that Meryl Streep has been in is Kramer versus Kramer. Mm. Is the best movie that she's in. I think it's, it's, it's incredible how much it holds up. Yeah. As feeling relevant and 
the performances feeling uh, like of this generation as well. As but the best performance, the best by role, Meryl Streep. Is we're saying performance different from role? No, no, no. The best, per- the best role, yeah. the best role, the best is, performance is the same thing. Yeah, Miranda Priestly. Miranda Priestly yeah. and the Devil Wears Prada. People of the world, you lo- you want Flash? It's got Flash. You want a character arc? It's got character arc. You want preparation? There's preparation. You want, you want tears? Yeah. You want tears? You'll, you'll cry. <laughs> I'm like, you will cry so much. I sw- I swear. I swear. When you watch this movie, you will cry. You will cry. See, I'm not yelling. Yeah, you're not. I'm I'm trying to be Miranda Priestly. And we it. all got really quiet. Yeah, and we did. We we're all staring listened. at you. you got real quiet. <laughs> Listen, you're waiting for me to say something really big, but it's never going to happen. I'm going to stay right here and tell you that the best Meryl Streep role is Miranda Priestly in The Devil Wears Prada. Period. Here, here. Ask that answer. Ask that answered. <laughs> Carla Kakowski, thank you for being Carla. here on the show. Thank you for putting up with me. This has We're been oh, putting up with you. This a highlight joy. of 2019. I know it's only January. <laughs> it's January. I'll still remember it in December. Yeah. This was like I never, I never get to do things like this because I don't like retain information. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, this feels like I've been preparing the last 20 years of my life for this oh afternoon my God. in a way that is just the most delightful thing i've ever done well, so thank you oh, you are an absolute <laughs> delight yes. thank you so much i'm so uh, happy to be here tell people i mean obviously you are co-host uh you and craig co-host yes. the craigslist podcast together craigslist podcast my husband asks me to watch all of his top 100 favorite films mm-hmm. and it's sometimes painful yep uh and uh yeah so i'm co-hosting that so and you both have been guests on that and i'm yes. sure we'll be future guests because we have some more you guys got got a few woody allens coming up anybody anybody uh, want to come on you're marked a different one no. <laughs> Is it, do we have to a bunch of woody allens and brian singers coming yeah. up yeah Um, uh, so that's Craigslist. And then, um, I actually just finished a web series. So it's out now. Um, it's called Badge of a Quitter. It's about a middle-aged woman who goes back to earn her Girl Scout badges. Oh, (laughs) amazing. And I co-wrote and directed it. And I would love it if you would go watch it. They're fast episodes. So badgeofacquitter.com. You are one of my uh, favorite comedy writers, by the way, having seen your, uh, your solo shows and uh, always love those. So I'm excited to, to check this out. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you this for is very exciting. Me. Um, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets. Check out the maximum fun subreddit or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Talk about your Meryl Streep faves that you have. I don't know what came out of my mouth just then. <laughs> get some gifts. Let's get some gifts going, guys. Get some street gifts. Feel the street love. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Please ignore how I said what I just said. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, put together an exhaustive list for us. Uh, always a delight to have your work in front of us. Kate, graphic designer Uri Kelman, QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks as always to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners, for giving us a chance to sit down here with Carla Aww. and and for me personally to sit down and watch a bunch of Meryl Streep movies and and remember the joys of acting. Congratulations on making a podcast, you guys. <laughs> For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. Don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.